0: Welcome to this episode of Starting a Business Simplified. I have special guest Melissa McClung. She's a leadership coach and communication concierge. She has been in healthcare, medicine, and the science world for over eight years. Ever since she began helping new graduates launch their careers and then began helping professionals transition into careers. As a leadership coach and communication concierge, she partners with clients in developing deep and professional relationships. Our conversation is really around how you can develop your own career, whether it's entrepreneur only, career only, or a combination of the two. Welcome to Starting a Business Simplified, Navigating the Shift, a podcast for those of you looking to transition from a medical career to starting an online business. I will be sharing how to get started, success stories, and more. If you are looking to make the move from medicine to online, but don't know where to start, this is the podcast for you. I'm Susie Rains, your host, and I look forward to helping you simplify starting a business. Hi, Melissa. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to talk to you today. Yeah. So I introduced you earlier, but I like to ask if you wouldn't mind sharing your story of how you got started in your business and what it is that you're doing now.
1: Yes, absolutely. So I think like a lot of entrepreneurs, I started my business mostly on accident. I didn't really ever set out to be an entrepreneur. That really wasn't what I intended to do with my life. But I I had been a career coach at that point for several years. So I had started doing career coaching back whenever I was getting a degree to become a professional counselor. And though I had decided at 16, I wanted to become a professional counselor and had, you know, done all of the research and done all of the shadowing and had done everything you could do without actually having a license to practice. Once I got into doing it, I found that it wasn't as fulfilling for me as I expected it to be. And at the same time, I happened to have an internship at the college career center where I then fell in love with career coaching. And I had kept in touch with my mentor from the college career center as I moved away and I got married and I started my career. And one day she called me and she said, hey, they're getting ready to start a new career center at the University of Kansas Medical Center. And I think you would be a great fit for that. So I had applied for it and was interviewed and selected. And that was really my first introduction into the world of healthcare and medicine. So that's where I started that specialty of working with healthcare and medicine professionals. And so I came in and I worked in the the career center and built the career center for two years. And then the university had a $5 million shortfall in their budget and they closed my office. And since the day that it was announced, I had about 45 days I think left on campus after they announced my layoff and the students and faculty were quite disappointed and upset that I was going to be leaving at the end of the school year and so a lot of them came to me and said will you still see our students or can I still come see you and I'll just pay you can we do that like is there a way that we can do that and that's how I started my business entirely on accident I went on to go do succession development planning and corporate development training at one of the top 10 global pharmaceutical companies. So I got pharma experience. And then whenever I had my oldest son, I made the decision to stay at home and focus on the entrepreneurship pathway for me, though I do still occasionally take work that is W-2. And so that's kind of what we're talking about today is how it doesn't have to be either or.
0: Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I love how it was a series of events that happened it wasn't you didn't just wake up one day and go oh i want to be an entrepreneur i don't want to do this <laughs> w2 job anymore and i think there's a misconception out there for a lot of people and i and i think it's a lot of it's just what's out there on the internet it's like just go be an entrepreneur if you don't like your job just start a business and mm-hmm. it it's very one or the other and so i know i love that we're going to be talking about it doesn't have to be that way yes what, what are your thoughts around that when you, when you think about if someone out there that's listening is like, well, I thought that if I leave my job in clinical care or in whatever medical position that they're working in, that I just have to go start my own business because mm-hmm. I don't know what else I can do. You
1: know, I, Susie, I love that you asked me that question because you're totally right in that especially whenever whenever I was really new into entrepreneurship, it really seemed like it was a binary choice. Either you were an employee or you were a business owner. And those were really the only two options. And yes, there was some difference in between, like you might be a business owner, but it might be a side hustle, or you might be a mompreneur, or, you know, like there was a few little like divisions in there, but there wasn't any anyone out there saying like, it's okay to want the freedom and flexibility of an entrepreneur Even if you don't have either the risk tolerance or you work in a really highly regulated industry or you have you want to have the scope of working within a larger organization, like it's still possible to have that freedom and flexibility that you crave about being an entrepreneur, even if you work for an organization. And so I actually wrote a book about it, about how to do that, how to brand yourself as an individual, how to do intrapreneurship, which is that idea of having the entrepreneurial spirit inside of an organization and also how to find jobs that are maybe not openly posted that fit your skills, interests, experiences, challenges, all of those things a little bit better. And so I think you're right. Like one of the things that really makes me excited about having this conversation is not one that we're having very often. You know, I know a lot of people that become entrepreneurs because they reject the status quo and they want to do something on their own but then they feel trapped by the status quo of what it means to be an entrepreneur. And I just want to say like, it's okay to still be rebelling even as an entrepreneur.
0: Yeah, and what is your book? Go ahead and share it on the podcast. I would love for people to know how they could get a copy of that.
1: Yeah, so it's available on Amazon and the book is called Mind Your Career, How to Job Search Like an Entrepreneur Without Becoming One. And it's all about how to use the same tools and tricks that I use to grow my own business, but only using them if you're wanting to look at growing your personal brand and finding uh, a position that fits you better, because perhaps within an organization. And it doesn't mean the tips and tools aren't useful. If you do decide to be an entrepreneur, they're helpful for that too. That's certainly how I've used them, but they are definitely tools and tricks that are a little unusual when it comes to job searching.
0: Yeah. And I... It's funny because I'm sure some of my listeners are like, wait a minute, why is she talking about this? She does business planning for like starting a business and it's an entrepreneur. So what I like to make sure that people know about me and my type, my style of coaching is you need to connect with what serves you best. So I will always give information around what it is that's out there for people to make their own decision. And so for those people that are listening that are like why would you recommend not being an and it's not that I'm recommending not being an entrepreneur it's what choices do we have and if if all that's being said you know trending and like where what's being spoken the most about is working or entrepreneurship and then that area in between mm-hmm. is not being talked about i want to make that known so what are some examples can you give some examples of of what wouldn't be just being an entrepreneur. Yes.
1: I mean, there are so many examples, but, you know, just some of the, the simple ones that I have conversations with people all of the time. So a lot of times whenever I'm working with someone who's a clinical professional, who's wanting to transition out of clinical practice and move into entrepreneurship, I tell them, you know, it doesn't have to be all or nothing. It is possible for you to still do PRN work and to still have some clinical work that you do that Compensate you the same way as you do your clinical work, but to set boundaries around it. So you still have time for your own business or for a leadership role or for doing something different. So I had a client one time that she was leaving academic bench medicine and she was going into the pharmaceutical industry. And as we walked through that process, she said, You know, one thing I really want to do though is I want to keep this affiliation that I have with the hospital because it means a lot to me. And I said, Well, then why don't you go back to them and pitch a half a day clinic? That you can participate in as part of your uh, as part of your work and she did and they said yes so she was able to keep the affiliation with the hospital because she worked half a day and then she also took that information back to the pharmaceutical company and said i'm going to be working half a day (laughs) at this clinic i hope that's okay with you and they said well yes of course that's nice because then we have the affiliation with the hospital too so it can be a win-win for everyone Or sometimes I have conversations with people who are negotiating and maybe the salary range for a role that they're considering comes in a lot lower. And I say, well, if it's too low for you, go ahead and negotiate 30 hours of time, not a full-time FTE role, but 30 hours of time. Use the other 10 hours to build a business. Use the other 10 hours to do clinical care and or use the other 10 hours to enjoy the sunshine with your family. Like I don't have any investment in how you use that time. But if what
0: you want is the time back, then go ahead and negotiate that. I love that. And I love that you say that it, it really puts it back into our control. So mm-hmm. it's not about this or that. It's like, yeah, you can dream up whatever scenario you want, and there's probably a solution for it. And yeah. that's so is that something that you work with people on that are looking for a way to leave maybe a clinical or medical professional job? What are some things that you help people with in that in that part?
1: You know, I'll be honest with you. Most of the time when people come and talk to me, they're pretty burned out. And I would imagine a lot of your listeners are too. And And burnout can be sneaky. We don't always talk about it as burnout, right? We don't always use that word. We talk about things about being so exhausted or being completely overwhelmed or feeling paralyzed or not knowing what's next. And those are all symptoms of burnout. And so usually by the time that I talk to them, they're so ready to do anything different. The pain level of what they're doing right now is so high. They just want out. And one of the most dangerous things about just wanting out is that you don't always think about what What do you want out into? Like, what do you want to go into? What's the thing that's good for you? And so what I really work with a lot of people on is visioning that future and, you know, if they want to look for something that's inside of a, of a corporate container in some kind of form or fashion, then I'm a great person to talk to. If they really are saying like, entrepreneurship's 100% for me, I'm not a business coach, so I refer them to people like you. And so, you know, there's, there's a lot of opportunity there. But the first thing that I always do with people is like, let's look at what your entire future looks like. And I'm not all about like, let's just define the career. Because when we do that, we really set ourselves up for burnout. I don't ever want to hit the pause button on my life so I can go to work or hit the unpause button on work so that I can go back and do life. I want things to fit and flow naturally, even if I have different roles in different areas of my life.
0: Yeah. And that's something, that's one of the reasons that I had wanted you to come on the podcast too, is you and I see that so clearly. Like Mm -hmm. our lifestyle is in conjunction with our career. Like it's all together. And so whatever that looks like for you, you get to build that. So if you're a person that, that wants to continue to do clinical care, but you just don't want it to be full time, you don't want to work the long shifts and not be with your family, there's a way you can do that. There's a way that you can continue to do some clinical work, but still also do other things that you enjoy and have other passions in your life that are fulfilling, but also help you financially. And, and that's why this conversation, I think, is so important. What would you, what's something that you would want to share with the listeners to help them kind of navigate that thought process? Because I'm, I'm picturing a listener who is really, really stuck. They're not quite to burnout yet, but they're thinking maybe they might possibly want to do something different. What would you suggest? Well, I guess the thing I would first suggest is to just get really in touch
1: with what you want for the future and honestly the best way to do that is just to spend time getting comfortable with it being quiet listening to your heart identifying what's important to you and you know if you are really into the woo stuff and that's what makes everything work for you then lean into that but it doesn't have to be a woo energy manifestation type thing if that's not your thing either it's just about sitting and being quiet and listening to the things that are really important to you and then starting to notice and pay attention where things aren't fitting. And I'll tell you, Susie, I walk the walk and talk the talk, right? So my life is also this constant construction of what I'm doing. So I I have two small children. they are four and six. I homeschool. I work out of my house. I have my business. I also work part-time for an organization as a W-2. I contract with other businesses. And so I have all of those different things all in my life. And I pay attention to how I'm feeling on a regular basis to see is something out of touch, is something overwhelming, is something not fitting the way that it needs to based on how I'm feeling that day and how easy it is for me to envision what the future looks like
0: yeah and really i agree with you being in touch checking in with yourself and me this is my opinion but checking in with yourself is not being woo-woo or anything like that that's just being human and like and i think it's there's been i think in society it's become more of a we're going to get to the full burnout stress environment before we look inside and go yeah do i feel comfortable is is everything okay And so I would encourage, based on what Melissa just shared, people that are listening, no matter where you are on the stress spectrum, take a minute and just think to yourself. And if it's helpful, journal, or I like to do that. This is something new I started doing. I record myself. So I'll just hit record on my phone and I just start talking through what's going on in my head. And it really helps when I play it back. I catch things that I wouldn't necessarily catch that might be going on, but just that it's okay to check in with yourself and see where you're at as far as life and work and how you're feeling.
1: Well, and I think the thing that's so important about that, Susie, and one of the things that I love about entrepreneurship and thinking like an entrepreneur is that as an entrepreneur, you know, you're responsible for your ultimate success. And sometimes I think, as an employee, we can forget that we can forget that we're still the ones in the pilot, in the pilot seat, piloting the ship, right? And so I really like to remind myself and the people that I'm working with that it is your responsibility. Like, there's going to be so much pressure from other people: fit in this box, think this way, consider things this way. And so you'll hear things like, "Oh, healthcare workers are heroes," and I'm not saying that healthcare workers are not heroes. But when someone uses that to minimize the way you're feeling or the fact that you don't feel safe in a particular environment and they say, oh, but you're such a hero, that is gaslighting. And we're, we experience that kind of thing all of the time. And so it can be really empowering to step aside and say like, no, I'm responsible for how I experience my own body and my own life. And that's just, that's a really good thing to do on a daily basis.
0: Yeah, and that's something I think, like you you touched on with being an employee versus being an entrepreneur. I think sometimes on the entrepreneur side, we, we feel like it's easier or we should do it more frequently. But really, as an employee, that's even more powerful when you can step into that and say, no, this is how I'm feeling. This is who I am. Yeah. And nothing in life is secure. We do everything we do out of faith. If you're an employee, W-2, you have faith that you have your job tomorrow. You Mm -hmm. shared in your story that the budget was shortfall in the budget and there's nothing you can do about it. It wasn't your fault. You didn't do a bad Mm. job, but your job went away. And so I think that a lot of times we get a false sense of security instead of, like you said, taking responsibility and saying, I'm choosing to work for this company But I am in the understanding that if it's not there tomorrow, then that's okay too. And having that good grounded concept about anything that we do in life and and really thinking it through as a responsible person, human being in making choices.
1: Yes, I think that's so true. And it's true for entrepreneurs, too. So I know most of your audience is entrepreneurs. But I know a lot of entrepreneurs that left one job and one employer and then got 30 clients and now they feel like they have 30 employers and they haven't made that switch in their own mind about that idea of empowerment. And so they're still operating from that mindset of being beholden to other people and having to fit in the box that other people need them to fit into. That can be extremely stressful for a new entrepreneur.
0: Yeah, I would agree with that too. I actually spoke with one of my clients recently and she's transitioning from feeling that way. She had clients and she's like, I feel like I'm back in a job, even though it's, I'm an entrepreneur, it's my business. She's now shifting and actually embracing her lifestyle and who she really is. And her business is now changing to reflect and be more a part of who she is and what she does. And it's so empowering And I think we need to normalize that
1: that's the process, right? So we all have different things that we struggle with early on in our business or even later on in our business. Struggles never go away. You never get off the roller coaster. I'm sorry if you've been hoping for that, but you never get off the (laughs) roller coaster. There's always something. But like normalizing that this is a growth process. And there are times where we feel like we're on the top of the roller coaster and we're holding our breath because it's about to get really crazy. And sometimes we hit the bottom and we're like, wow that that's really high up there where I'm trying to get to and I'm not sure I can make it. And it's so totally normal to be in those ups and downs, both as an employee and as, in it, as a business owner.
0: Yes. And I th- thank you for bringing that up because normalizing emotions and that life is ebb and flow. We're constantly in an up and down motion and that's totally normal, no matter what we're doing. And it's really knowing where the neutral is for yourself because everybody's different and we all have our own neutral. And so really understanding when you need to get back to neutral, you know where that is. So you can bring yourself back to neutral and then you're like, okay, I'm ready for whether it's going to go down or up. It doesn't matter because I'm in this happy place right now. (laughs) Yes, yes, exactly. Awesome. Well, thank you for being on. Before we go, I would love if you wouldn't mind sharing What is something that the listeners could take away from this particular episode that maybe they could do if they're in that place where they're working and they're thinking, I really want to start a business or they're right in that I'm starting a business, but I'm not really sure if that's the route I want to go on. Yes. So I
1: think that my favorite thing to do is to sit down and do either or thinking because we tend to fall into the trap of either or thinking so easily that we don't really think about what it is. So anytime you find yourself feeling stressed or maybe after the end of this podcast, when you're like, wow, that opened up new ideas for me, I want you to sit down and write an either or at the top of a paper. And then I want you to list out all of the other options that are not included in that either or. So for example, if the either or is either I stay an employee or I become a business owner, Those are not, that's a false dichotomy. That's not really an either or. There are so many different options. And so I want you to sit down and list as many as you can think of. And then don't judge the list. Okay, that's the important part is don't judge the list. (laughs) Go through and look at that entire list and then remind yourself, I do have a lot of options. And that can be true about this decision. And it can be true about a lot of other decisions. Rarely, rarely is there one specific decision that's either, either, or.
0: I love that. That's a that's great advice for listeners out there that are that are like, mm, I'm not really sure what I want to do. How can they reach out to you if they're if they're curious about maybe some career coaching or I'm not sure if I want to be an entrepreneur, but I I don't really know what I want to do. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So the best place to reach me is
1: on LinkedIn.
0: I spend a lot of
1: time on LinkedIn and I've grown my business on LinkedIn. So that's where I hang out. And if you would like to connect with me, you're always welcome to find me. And I will, you can just look up my name,
0: Melissa McClone, or you can search for leadership coach, Melissa McClone. Perfect. That's where I found you. I think, I think we connected there and, and it's been wonderful. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. So much great information. Thanks for sharing your story. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. All right. And as always for my listeners out there, keep it simple. Thanks for listening to this episode of Starting a Business Simplified. If you enjoyed this episode, then hit the subscribe or follow button on your favorite podcasting platform so you never miss an episode. Have you thought about starting a business and didn't know what to do first? You're in the right place. I've created a simplified step-by-step process for starting a business. Click on the link in the show notes for information on how to get started today.